and that we love a chat. We love to help and that's a fact. So we have made it our mission to find stuff out. From diagnosis and education, slimming out of your frustration. Chat to folks who've been there too. Collect it together and share it with you. If you know someone we should speak to, send them our way and that's what we'll do. We like to have our sensory networks. You know what? Hi everybody, it's Jenny here again with another Sensory Matters show and I'm joined this week by Joel and Lorraine. Hi guys. Hi. Hey. Hi, how are we all doing? Good. Good, just Good. I'm, to the cold. <laughs> oh, I'm jealous of Joel. We were just chatting before that it's it's still 28 degrees where he is and I'm sitting here with a woolly hat and scarf on in cold Scotland. So I'm jealous, but hey ho. <laughs> I want to be in cold Scotland because I, I suppose it's supposed to be cold here where I am, but I'm still boiling. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm freezing. I can't warm up at all. Um, anyway, so, yeah, last week's podcast was all about owner-trained assistance dogs, which got a lot of interaction and engagement on our page and interest about it. Um, it and, and it was a great episode. Really enjoyed chatting to Helen. And um, Any thoughts from you guys on it? Well, Helen's my friend, <laughs> so I've actually gone through all of this with her in real time. Yeah. Um, obviously not the diagnosis part at the beginning because I didn't meet Helen until later, but, yeah, I've seen everything that she's done, all the research that she's done, the amount of time she's put into this, um, just to make sure that she's gone down the right route and she's done everything correctly. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's really difficult because there's no set criteria or anything you know it's not just it's not just set up that you, you get an assistance dog this is what you do no it's really blurry yeah absolutely but she's just so well informed and educated on it that she, she really knows her stuff so if you haven't listened to the episode listen because you'll learn a lot from it yeah you should listen to it it's great yeah and I, i've been really fortunate to know sherlock before training during right. training and after training so I've you seen, see a difference in him? yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's always been a great dog yeah. and he's always done as he's told pretty much. But I do remember the first time we ever met up with Sherlock, we went to a cafe and he, he peed inside. One, uh-huh. one of the first things that he, he was trained in was to not wee until he was commanded to wee. Yes. And I think they went to that first session and that was it. He never weed again unless he was commanded to. Wow. I don't even begin to know how you train a dog to do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And is it something you've ever considered, Lorraine, with Roxy? Yeah, I mean, initially, the whole point was we wanted an autism assistance dog. Um, Mm -hmm. At the time, there was a company that a while ago went, I don't know if they they went bankrupt, I don't know if that's the word, but they disappeared and took people's money. Okay. Um, So that was another service dog training thing. And then from there, everything kind of changed it. Everybody went to this service dog trainer and then they went and then there was nothing in place at that point. So I got Roxy, similar to Helen, as a pet for Jamie because I knew that dogs were supposed to be good for autistic children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I signed up to this group where you can train your own dog. It, it's not to be an assistance dog, but it's to help understand autism and and just be more of a... Uh, a comforting calming dog than just a normal pet if that makes any sense yeah i can't think what the, what the company's called. sorry 
more like therapy dog than like yeah like a therapy dog so you you go on a i think it was a two-day training course and then you basically go back and teach your dog certain things but because of where i live i've never been able to attend any of these courses they've always been too far away for me right so um roxy kind of just got it herself she doesn't she's not like great she doesn't do things that you tell her but if jamie's upset she knows exactly what to do that's a shame. Yeah. Is that is that not just the nature of animals anyway? They seem to have that sixth sense, don't they? I think um, so. Yeah. And then harnessing that and training them to be an assistance dog is just the icing on the cake. Yeah, because Roxy is great. Like, Roxy knows if you're upset. Roxy knows if you're ill. Roxy knows all of that. But I couldn't take Roxy as a service dog somewhere because she's too sociable with people. Yeah. Uh, she would want everybody's attention. She would bark and things like that. Um, and I think that's the difference. Assistance dogs know what to do and how to behave. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Joel? Because you've got a dog, haven't you? Yeah, so it's my brother's dog. And initially, so when our dog died, um, we left it for a while. And then we let my brother choose the dog. And okay. he works... Well, she works more as a therapy dog than, or like an emotional support dog more than a um, assistance dog because it's not something that he needs um, with his autism. Yeah. But since he's got the dog, we've seen like a vast difference in um, his confidence and stuff like that. Wow, that's good. Like he's more if he's with the dog, he's more willing to talk to people. And go out in social situations, then yeah. if he wouldn't have her, so he wouldn't need it like to go in shops and stuff. He's fine, but if he's out and people come up and stroke the dog, he's more willing to talk to them because he has something to talk about. Actually, this I've seen this in Jamie when we when we're out with Roxy, or if we see another dog, if we're out with Jamie in the wheelchair and we see another dog, and Jamie yeah. Jamie wants to spark up a conversation about dogs. Yeah, so is it is it then that that sort of gives them that script that you often talk about, Lorraine, that they're on comfortable territory, they know dogs, gives them something to comfortably talk about? Yeah, and I also think that dog lovers, you can sense a nice person if they, if they love a dog. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Dog it's like tend to be friendly. Yeah. Yeah, and and the very nature of having a dog is quite social when you walk it because you always chat to the people that come by and yeah, you know. And I'm not sure if Jamie is the same, but for my brother, having a dog and because he's like the main person who looks after it. We said if you're going to get the dog, you look after it. The yeah. process of learning to look after a dog and researching it has become his own special interest. Ah, okay. And I don't know if it's sort of the same with Jamie. But, oh no, I wish it was. I'm the one that feeds and walks and does everything. Well, for example, he takes her for her vaccinations and stuff, and he researches everything about the vaccinations, what are the side effects, at nauseam. Interesting. Genuinely. And that's very much like Helen, I feel like that's one of her special interests, isn't it? The, the training side of it. Definitely. The assistant side of it, and she's just really dedicated a good chunk of her life to learning it and understanding it my dog's just come to see me now actually i think she heard her name oh yeah i think jamie was more interested in star when we had star 
Roxy is mm-hmm. a more loving and helpful dog. But Jamie finds Roxy quite boring. Right. I think she's not naughty enough. <laughs> <laughs> How funny. Yeah. And what sort of dog is it that you've got, Joel, that your brother's got? We're not sure. So she was a stray. And um, okay. we found her at Kennel. And she's a mix between two different dogs, but we're not sure what type of dogs. And we haven't really looked into it. Okay. So, and a lot of people have similar dogs, but they don't look exactly the same breed. So we're not really sure. Okay. Excellent. Cool. Um, so I, I, I think the the things that I took away from Helen's thing was that, I mean, I didn't even really know that you could do this yourself. Um, and it, the, the benefit it's had on her family is just massive. So, and the fact that she originally got a dog with no intention of training it to be an assistance dog and then did it. Because I think you sometimes think it's got to be a special type of dog. Yeah, I think um, you do automatically. You think of Labradors, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And it's just interesting that any dog can do it, providing it's got the right nature, I suppose. Um, so that's what I took away from it, because I always thought it would have to be a much more formal process. And it's interesting that it's the the kind of standards and formalness of it don't really exist in the formal training environment or the owner assistance training environment, um, which opens up the possibilities for everybody. Because I think owner trained assistance dogs, you're doing it yourself, you're putting the hard work in yourself, where other assistance dogs get trained and then matched. Yeah. Yes. How ridiculous yeah. is it though that you can't get a training dog if you're over 10 years old? I know. Yeah, that is bonkers, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, imagine if they did that with guide dogs for the blind or something like that. Yeah. It just wouldn't happen, would it? If you need one, you need one. I mean, I, Regardless of I did some work. Well, I, I still support Buddies uh, for Autism, which is a charity in Bury. And mm-hmm. they trained up their first assistance dog, which was Buddy. And this was for Jane's son. And um, they didn't match. So Jane asked us, she said, you know, would Jamie be interested? But <laughs> Jamie was like, no, I've got my dog. <laughs> um, so I don't know where Buddy went to, but he was obviously matched with another dog. And at the moment they've got Shadow, so they just train up a dog at a time and they raise money through the charity and then they match it with a, a person. Right. I would find that heartbreaking, having a dog and then having to pass it on, but um, they're better people than me, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't think I could do it, because I've looked before, you know, when people are, there's like an advert in the paper for looking after police puppies until they're one. Yeah. I thought, oh, I could foster a puppy, and then I thought, no, imagine after a year, I, know. I could not give that puppy up. No, no, I couldn't do that either. Um, yeah, but it's a very interesting area anyway, um, and definitely one that hopefully will get a bit more regulation and structure to it to help people. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so for this week, what about our newsworthy item? Atypical is coming back. Yay! So that's November, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it comes out at midnight on Halloween, so I know what I'm doing on Halloween night. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's good. Um, so why why do you, I mean, you're obviously a fan. Why do you like it so much, Joel? I think in a world where 
autism representation on TV is pretty dire. Mm -hmm. Even though it's a comedy, I think it treats autism and autistic people with enough respect, even though, like, some of the autistic traits that the main character have are the butt of jokes, but I think that's what it's like in real life anyway. So Mm -hmm. I think it's good that they kind of break it down and go, actually, this is funny, and if the main character can laugh at it, then as long as you're not being mean, you can laugh at it as well. I think that's quite important for um, autism awareness and autism acceptance as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and is it like anything in life, if, if you can't laugh at yourself and everything, it just makes things harder. So it's quite nice that someone's brave enough to add the comedy element to it. Yeah. Yeah. Without, yeah, which is really good. Have you got a favourite character, either of you? Uh, I like the sister. Yeah, I like the sister a lot. But I like. What- I just like everything. I like the, the. I like how the parents are portrayed. I like what's happened with the parents. I don't want to give any spoilers for anybody who hasn't watched it. But yeah. as much as it's a comedy, I think it covers true to life things as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like when he gets a girlfriend and not not knowing about things, just everything for me, whilst it's entertaining and funny to watch, it's also quite real. Yeah. Also, um, they get their special interests so right. Like, all the different yeah. stars, penguins. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, good. So that's exciting. We've got some viewing coming up soon, which will keep us occupied. Okay. So um, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to chat about our sensory matter of the week back soon this week is dyslexia awareness week and we have a knowledge pack for you decoding dyslexia breaking through the noise go to the content hub on our website chewygem.co.uk and you'll be able to get some amazing knowledge on dyslexia what is dyslexia what you need to know about dyslexia testing essential strategies to help dyslexic people things dyslexic people wish you knew and things you probably don't know about dyslexia. Head over to our website now. Now back to the podcast. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Uh, so we were chatting about how good uh, Helen's podcast was on assisted trained um, dogs. And I always get the words wrong with that. Owner, say, oh, owner trained, trained assisted dogs. There we go. I don't know why I find that so difficult, but I do. Um, yes, so we were just chatting about that, and we were also chatting about Atypical coming back, which is really exciting. And so we're moving on now to talk about our sensory matter of the week. What are we chatting about this week, guys? We're talk- sorry, we're talking about how we've got a dyslexia pack coming up next week, or this week. Yeah, so it's Dyslexia Awareness Week, and for all awareness weeks and things we're putting together knowledge packs so that people can go to one place to find information about one thing and it's all there for them so last week we did um an adhd knowledge pack which i assume a lot of people have seen if not if you go onto our website you'll be onto our blog site you'll be able to find it there and it's full of really um good tips and blogs and articles about things that you might not afford Fab, yeah, I've I've seen quite a lot of people, you know, accessing it and commenting and interacting with it, which is brilliant. 
So it's a really good thing that we're doing, I think. It's nice to provide that information for people. Um, so on dyslexia, now, am I right, Joel, that you're dyslexic? Yes, I am. Okay. And so what, what's your dyslexia like? Because everyone's is different. So I wouldn't say it's changed as much as the focus is different from when I was a kid. So when I was a kid, I struggled to read quite a lot. and the problem with reading and dyslexic people, for the most part, is, in my opinion, you're taught to. Um, how am I trying to phrase this? One sec. You're taught to read out loud when you're a child. Mm-hmm. So then, in your head, you're reading out loud. But when you read yeah. out loud, it slows you down quite a lot. So with dyslexic people, it makes it even harder if you're taught to read that way. Because your brain's trying to process the words, process the letters, and then talk them out in your okay. head. Now, yeah. I've obviously worked on reading. And then as I got older, I started finding different strategies to help me with reading. And now it's not a problem. I mean, I've yeah. read 60 books this year. So that's not really an issue. But for me, it's now maths. So I can't visualize um, if I go... 12 plus 15 I can't visualize those numbers in my head so I can't add them up in my head okay that's interesting so you, your dyslexia was when, when you said you, you found it hard to read when you were younger was it letters reversing and all the stuff that people associate with dyslexia and jumbling up um it was that but also with writing for example um Okay. I go, um, he go, instead of he goes here, I might go, here goes he. But in my head, he goes here. But it mixes up because I don't, I don't realize I'm mixing it up. So if someone went to me and said, what did you write? I'd be like, he goes here, even though it was mixed up. And I think that's the way it worked with reading as well. It wasn't particularly the letters as such but the words themselves. Words used to split when I was reading them. So, like, I'd read them because you know how letter forms have gaps between them and those create shapes. I'd be reading those shapes instead of the actual letters. Got you. Okay, that makes sense. And so how, how early was that picked up for you? I reckon by six, I think we knew. Okay. Because I was getting tested for dyspraxia anyway, really early. I think it Mm -hmm. kind of was co-current with the dyspraxia, with the test they did. Okay. So from your point of view, thinking about this knowledge pack that we've got coming without, well, it was here this week and you can go get it. What are the kind of big things that people maybe don't know that would be really helpful for them? Well, so we're starting off really basic so you start off with what's dyslexia what's the traits in children what's traits in adults and looking at um what are is there medication or are there like coping mechanisms and what are they and then myths around dyslexia and what dyslexic people want you to know that you might not know and i think how to get diagnosed with dyslexia because it's quite difficult because obviously 
you've got a child that's going into school and that might be where you first notice it. So there's all the, the, the first early years have gone through and you might not recognise that your child's dyslexic. But then children struggle. They do do their Bs and their Ds back to front. And, you know, so it's trying yeah, to work all, out all of yeah, which is normal childhood mix-ups and which is dyslexia. Yeah, and it's not just a simple test. Let's do a test, you've got dyslexia. It's more about putting things in place to start with to see if they help. And if they don't help, why aren't they helping and what can you do next? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it, so it's, it's a yeah. long, drawn-out process. It's not a simple thing to be tested for dyslexia. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's you've got you've got to work through a lot of things first. Yeah. I... I... I have my suspicions over Miller possibly being dyslexic and exactly that. I'm finding myself thinking, I don't actually know what to do. I, d- I don't know what to do to be sure and to identify it because, I mean, he's going to be 10 in February. Um, he's He reads pretty well. Um, his spelling is atrocious. And I, I kind of, you can't help but compare him to Maisie at the same point and her spelling was so much better. But is that sweeping generalization just lazy boy syndrome or is there more going on and so he spoke last year about how the words jump around on the page so I spoke to the school and the school did a visual stress test thing and then they referred us to the hospital and then the hospital did all this investigation and found there's no visual stress for him at all he's absolutely fine in that sense but still even this morning we were practicing his spelling words and and there's just regular mistakes that he just never seems to get in his head like um you know spelling rules that most things that end I'm trying to think like skittle he would put el instead of le and if I've told him once I've told him a thousand times and and things like what's the one this morning you know the well I think it was in fact I'm going to look at what his words were this morning because this will give me a good example um where is it so yeah his last word this morning was uh, like anchovy right why is anchovy a spelling word but that's another thing anyway anchovy and obviously it ends in a y but he puts an e at the end and so it's not even understanding that whole that the e at the end is always silent and and he's we've covered all this a thousand times but it just doesn't seem to go in his Maybe. head anchovy ends with a y yes did you not know this no i would spell anchovy with a, an e i think so part of the way that what used to help me and even if he's not dyslexic as such it might help is Try and find tricks and rhymes that will help him with the words. Yeah. So, um, oh, what was the one that? Well, the typical one is Wed Wednesday, for example, instead of Wednesday. Yeah. Um, I used to have a couple of other ones as well. So, um, February, February and Father, by any chance? Oh no, it was really those are the ones I struggled with. It was really weird words that like. And onomatopoeia, there was one for that as well, but I can't remember it now. Yes, but, I still struggle with February and Father and Wednesday and things like that. Yeah. I have to really think. I have to think about lose and lo- lose and loose and use yes. and chores. Those yes. kind of things really, I get confused. I have an. Uh, do you mean this sort of thing, Joel? Because like necessary, I always struggled with spelling. 
but I always remember it as never eat cheese, eat sandwich sandwiches, and remain young. And that's how I spell necessary. Yeah, something like that, but even just simpler things like trying to spell them out phonetically. I mean, yeah. with my dyspraxia, with my dys- sorry, dyslexia as well, um, when there's spelling mistakes on graphics, it's because I haven't read them as spelling mistakes. Yeah. And that, that happens quite a lot more when I'm stressed, like if I have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Yeah. But what got me thinking from what you were saying is that he he hates reading out loud because uh, he says that he'll sit and read a book sometimes and then he'll read with me and he'll always say it takes so much longer reading out loud I'd, I'd be further on in the book if I could read it in my head but then I'm thinking is he reading it properly if he's reading in yeah, his head yeah but how many times apart from when you're a kid do you have to read out loud true I mean, Jamie never no, read out loud there's there's actually research on this um there's a youtube okay. video and I can't remember the name of it and it's about this guy and he He's trying to improve how much he reads, and um, there was there's a piece of research that says that actually the way we're taught to read is actually wrong because while it makes sure that you know the letter forms and stuff and where the stops are, um, it actually yeah. slows you down, and that's why most people are quite slow readers, and why most people don't particularly like reading and find it so much hard work is because the way that works. To read as well. I think it, it doesn't help because the, the English language is really difficult, yeah. I think. You know, two, 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 there, 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 or, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. so difficult. And, like, for me, one of the hard things that, uh, that I struggled to spell was business. So in my head, it's busyness. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I can't no, understand why business will be spelt the way it's spelt. There's so many words like that. Why Why did they ever come up with them spelling them that way? It is bonkers. Yeah, it's such but... a learning curve. And then to retain all of that information throughout your whole life, mm-hmm. when you might not use that word again for years. Yeah. Yeah. And that I before E except after C rule doesn't work. <laughs> it really doesn't work. Does it not? There's... No. I mean, I can't think of an example now, but there are plenty where it doesn't work. Um so it doesn't, yeah. I use that rule. <laughs> also, out loud, yeah. um, now, because I'm also a teacher, um, when, we, mm-hmm. when I did my CELTA course, which is to teach adults a second language, we were told not to get them to read out loud, like whole paragraphs, maybe just sentences. Right. And If I read out loud, I wouldn't take in what I've just read. Yeah. I'd be concentrating on the words to make sure that I've said them properly so yeah i think i would be more likely to understand a story that i've just read if i'm reading it in my head because i'm actually reading it for the enjoyment of reading yeah yeah but even in your head you're even if you don't notice it you're reading it out loud in your head so oh it, yeah i have voices and everything yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't yeah. anymore because i read i tend to read so fast that it can't keep up right yeah and and then the other thing, and I don't know whether this is something you can relate to, Joel, is that Miller is like, and Lorraine, you'll back me up on this. He's one of the most chilled out, happy go lucky, upbeat, positive people on the planet. Um, but get him to read or spell, and he gets angry. He gets really angry and really frustrated, and it's so out of character for him. And that's the other thing that's going off in my head, thinking. Hmm. But I think yeah, I think kids get like that when they're struggling 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a reaction to not being able to do something. I mean, so if you're not good at something and someone kind of forces you to do it as an adult, you'd get angry as well. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. So, yeah, but then it got, I mean, I shall be downloading your dyslexia pack and reading all about it as well because it's like you said, Lorraine, it's not simple to try and figure it no, out. And we thought Joe was dyslexic um, and he had the visual stress test. And they've called it visual dyslexia. He's got coloured overlays and things, which really help. But out of 100% of people that try coloured overlays, they only work for 5% of people. Yeah. They don't work for me at all. Yeah, so they really work for Joe. So he's done things like on his iPad, he's changed the coloured backgrounds. And on his phone, he's changed the coloured backgrounds so that he can read things better. There you go. So it just goes to say, it's like everything that we talk about, there is no common anything to anything they're all so unique and individual to the, each person whether we're talking about autism or dyspraxia or dyslexia or whatever it's different for everybody yeah. yeah and there's such an overlap as well between all of the conditions there's an overlap where a lot of symptoms will be the same yeah so it's very yeah. difficult like especially with dyspraxia i think dyspraxia is so similar to autism they call it autism's mm-hmm. like cousin yeah and then I've drawn a Venn that so when I went for um, counselling, I drew a Venn diagram for my counsellor with all of the co-occurring um, oh, traits conditions. Yeah, traits? so all the traits yeah. between the um, between dyspraxia and autism for me and how I see it. Yeah. That'd be interesting. We'll save that because next week we're doing one on dyspraxia, yeah. aren't we? So we'll delve more into that because dyspraxia is one of those ones that I, I don't quite understand and I really want to learn more about. Um, oh, are you guys there? Yeah. Um, my screen's just gone blank. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Um, but, yeah, that's been really interesting. Before we finish up, have we got a question from a listener this week? Um, yeah, so we did the Welsh Autism Show this week. Myself and Katie went. Uh, well, last week. Yeah. I, had, I don't know how many weeks it'll be now when you're listening to this. But we've been asked because it was the first time we've gone as Chewy Gem. Katie has gone before with our products and done it with little bits. Um, this mm-hmm. year we did a Chewy Gem stand and it, it was amazing. It was lovely to meet the people in Wales. Um, such Brilliant. an intimate event. It was really nice. Um, yeah, we've been asked if we're going to do the Welsh Autism Show again because we always do the Birmingham Autism Show um, so yeah, are we going to do the Welsh Autism Show again? I think the answer is a big yes, and we're actually the first company to book for the 2020 Autism Show in Cardiff. Brilliant! So, yeah, we'll, we Yay. will be there. Well, some of us will be there. We don't know who yet. Yes. I'd love to go again. Yeah, absolutely. It was good. And there's there's nothing better than getting out from behind the desk and actually chatting to people. Yeah, there? meeting real people, helping real people talking yeah Yeah. it was amazing I mean I I set up the stand for the Welsh Autism Show and I'd caught whatever bug Joe had so I was really under the weather I was really struggling to set up the stand and Hannah from Stickman Communications came over and she was like do you need a hand I was like honestly I really do I said normally I'd be fine but I was just so anxious and then Hannah helped me and I was like god it's such a lovely community yes brilliant good yeah so you'll see us in Wales next year definitely um, so that's it for this week. But yeah, join in, join us next week where we will be delving into the 
intricacies and depths and all sorts about dyspraxia. And I'm looking forward to that because I really want to know more. So join us next time for that. Thanks, everybody. Bye. 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 Well, that's it for this week. And thank you once again for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you've got time and you can spare 30 seconds, then go and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps other people find our content. And we know that our content and our episodes are so helpful to our community with lots of hints and tips and interesting interviews. So go and do your kind deed of the day and leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. Also, so that you never never miss an episode and you get a notification when a new one is available why not hit subscribe and that way you'll never miss us finally if you're not already a member of our fantastic facebook support group i suggest you go join it we'd love to see you in there there's loads of fantastic chat lots of peer-to-peer support from people in the same boat as you so go and search on facebook for the chewy gem sensory support group and let us know what you're thinking of our episodes speak to you then bye